Hope FM, a voice for the community. One person who's very busy uh, all the time is uh, Martha Searle. Martha's currently the uh, BCP Council, Principal Community Development Officer. Good morning to you, Martha. Good morning, Blair. Well, are you like all of us and enjoying the wonderful sunshine, unprecedented sun that we've been having over these recent days? Aren't we blessed? It's been gorgeous. I'm looking forward to some rain, though. The grass everywhere is looking unseasonably brown already. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Having cut my grass, but I'm a bit frightened to do it, actually, because it's, it is going, as you say, that, that brownish colour. Now, Martha, long before the, the coronavirus hit, you were very, very busy as a community development officer. But for people who have no idea what that entails, you tell them, what, what, what were you doing before the whole challenges, current challenges started? That's right. Since 2005, I've been working in Kinson and West Howe, um, supporting um, residents there who um, want to put together events, um, set up charities, um, respond in any way they can um, to challenges within the community. So I've been so blessed. I've spent nearly 17 years working with amazing people um, who put in hundreds and thousands of hours um, to making their community a lovelier, more welcoming um, place for, for people of all backgrounds and all ages. Now, of course, this this is National Volunteers Week and so on. Have you found it, you know, before, I mean, obviously things have changed a lot since the coronavirus came along. But before all of this started, did, did you find it relatively easy to get people to, to come to work in, in, in West High and so on, Kinson? Um, it's, it's a tricky one, actually, because um, sometimes I'm not sure that we... Um, we're, we're so focused on what we're trying to achieve that we don't necessarily um, meet volunteers' needs exactly. So sometimes people would come forward and then they'd find themselves sort of drawn into spending lots and lots of hours on something which might not be something that they intended. But I have to say that's, that's the glorious thing about volunteering is that people can dip in and dip out. It is voluntary. So people can dip in and dip out as suits them, as fits with their family or their other commitments. Um, and it's a wonderful way to meet new people um, and make new friends and just have that wonderful feeling of, of achieving something together, feeling really good and saying, taking a step back every now and then and saying, wow, we did that and that was really special. And I suppose also that we probably don't appreciate just how much work uh, you know, focuses our pivots around volunteers. And In fact, if, if every volunteer was to stop doing what they were doing right now, probably society would, would draw to a complete halt, wouldn't it? I'm completely convinced of that, absolutely. Um, volunteers, volunteering um, is the glue to our society. It, what, it's what holds it all together. Um, and volunteers do everything, um, sometimes formally through charities um, or organisations like ours. Um, but sometimes it's just helping people out. Just going out of your way um, to do something which doesn't benefit yourself directly. Just that, that those, those little selfless acts that make somebody else's life just that little bit easier. And I think all of that goes very, very unrecognised. Um, we have our formal volunteering, as I say, through charities, and there's a tremendous amount of that. And that's everything from the scouting association um, to helping people who have been through traumatic times to um, safe places like the Cinnamon Trust, for example, who, who help um, 
who walk people's dogs for them so that if they're unwell or they have to take time in hospital, there's somebody there to make sure that their pet can stay at home with them in the longer term. So we have all of those formal volunteering um, things which just hold people's lives together a bit longer. But then we also have that um, the informal volunteering where we're just helping out each other's our neighbours, um, people who live on our street, just that kindness that ripples through our society um, and makes this a, a lovely place to live. I always say to, uh, to folk, uh, Martha, that volunteering is selfish. Uh, of course, what I mean by that is yes. that, that actually people volunteer because actually they they get something out of it, you know, whether that be self-fulfillment or learning new skills. And actually that's that's a big driving force for actually doing it in the first place. So it's actually okay <laughs> to put yourself in the picture and say, well, actually, I really enjoy doing what I'm doing. Or actually, I really need to get some experience in, in whatever area it is that they're volunteering for. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen people launch new careers because they've used volunteering um, as an opportunity to, to try out new skills or, or learn learn new things or, or just get to know new industries, you know, particularly around health and social care. Um, and by volunteering, it's a great way in, no commitment, where you can just give it a try and say, does this suit me? Is this Is this where I see myself in the future? So you're absolutely right. It, it, it's also quite a selfish thing to do. And it just feels so good. <laughs> Meeting new people and being nice feels good. <laughs> well, in a moment or two, I'm going to talk to you about, about what has happened since the coronavirus. Because obviously, life for all of us has utterly changed. And I guess that it's changed very much for you too. Absolutely. It's completely transformed. So I've gone from um, being based in the Henry Brown Youth Centre in West Howe, which is an absolute hub of the community. Um, West Howe Community Enterprises there have set up a very lively um, pop-up breakfast cafe that was running five days a week, all sorts of activities. And my, my days were filled with um, supporting local residents, setting up projects and bringing in funding um, and lots of chat and working with individuals and families. So it was a real, a real chatty, vibey um, uh, kind of experience. And now here I am in my sitting room. Um, we're all working from home now. Um, so I really, I really miss um, people, actually. I really miss um, the volunteers and the residents of West Howe um, because we've been together for so many years and it was such a positive, um, lovely thing. Incidentally, they are still working very hard through lockdown. Um, they very much changed what they're doing and how they're doing it, but they're plugging away, continuing to um, raise money and deliver services for local residents. Um, but as I say, it looks very different now. And here I am in my sitting room um now i've been like, like many of the staff in the council i've been redeployed um so uh, i have uh, slightly different um responsibilities uh, to usual and uh, and i'm supporting the together we can scheme hope fm a voice for the community if there's one thing actually that we've discovered through these challenging times is our interdependence uh, on each other and, and how we actually need each other to make the wheels of society turn. That's, that's right, Martha, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think it was always there. Um, we've always had a thriving voluntary sector. We've always you know, got lovely people who help out. We, we know that. But it's times like this when we really do come into our own and, and pull together um, and support one another so much better. And, and I hope that's one of the things, one of the lasting um, 
effects, if you like, of the coronavirus that, that we carry on, you know, really focusing on, on looking after each other. Well, of course, uh, here comes this coronavirus. Now you were minding your own business. In fact, you were pl- you were planning a life-changing trip, were you not? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I like travelling myself, actually, and I know you, certain, you certainly do, but obviously that went out the window. When, when you... F- it first became clear, actually, that, that, that we were heading towards shutdown. What, what was going through your, your mind, Martha? At, at the time, I think we just didn't know what was coming. So things were happening very, very quickly um, and were building momentum. And we were hearing um, sort of warning signals from across the world. Um, The travel industry started um, to really suffer. We saw Flybe go into administration. um, And a couple of friends of mine um, lost their jobs before lockdown um, because they were working in in the travel industry. So we were starting to see... It was like, the, I don't know, like a rumble at the beginning of a tsunami in a way. It was a, it was a very worrying time thinking, crikey, what's coming? And, and I don't think any of us really understood it. I'm not sure that I do now, to be honest. <laughs> um, but but something, something big was coming. Um, so there was that anticipation and concern. And then, of course, there's that trying to think ahead and saying, well, what might it look like? And what might we need? And what might the most vulnerable in our society need? And that very quickly became to, that came down to a conversation around food and medication. So we went right down to the very, very basics of life. Um, as I say, food, food and medication. How do we keep people going? Now, you need it in order to keep those wheels turning. Well, well I guess somewhere along the line you you got a phone call from your bosses in BCP and said, uh, oh, Martha, good morning, good afternoon, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> are you doing anything at the moment? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> are you free this week? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and out of that, of course, came the, this wonderful project under the banner of Together We Can. Was the concept of that, what you just said there, about the food and medication, making sure that that supply got through to the right people? Yeah, so, so I mean, obviously, you know, central government, of course, have played an enormous um, role in this. Um, and um, we were, the, the, the government directed all councils to set up local hubs in order to provide support to those Operation Shield residents. So that's those, those residents um, who were, you know, deemed clinically vulnerable um, and were at that time required to isolate for 12 weeks. So we looked at that. But we looked at the list and we said, hang on a minute, there are so many more people than have made that list. So, so BCP Council um, picked up the challenge and made it much, much bigger. Um, and what we've said is that if you feel you need help, we're here to help you. And, and what was fantastic, so in a very, very short amount of time, and I do remember there was a, we were called into the town hall, this is just in my department, which is the, the community's team, we were we were called in um, for a, a very quick meeting, um, which was as if to say, we're not going to work from this office anymore. From now on, the, the directive is that we're going to be working from home. Um, so there was lots of sort of sorting out laptops and sorting out telephones and all of that stuff. And I have to say, I felt a bit tearful when I left the office that day mm. because I thought, 
I don't know when we're coming back. We're, we're, we're leaving, we're saying goodbye. I mean, a lot of us have worked together for a long time. Um, we're a very close and supportive team. Um, you know, many, many of my colleagues have sort of had babies in the time that we've been together, and it does feel like very much like a family. And I did feel a bit tearful, thinking, I'm sure many, many people have done, thinking, crikey, I don't know when, we're, when normal's going to happen again and what that's going to look like. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very, very strange. And seeing the town hall empty is, is very strange, just as we've all experienced, you know, seeing very empty streets, empty parks, uh, not so much now, of course, but, uh, but certainly the world got very, very eerie. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, so this, um, um, we also, of course, um, just as sort of we've been saying all along, this, this whole response is about working together. Um, and, and that's why we've called it Together We Can. And uh, we have um, fantastic colleagues in the um, community and voluntary sector, um, charities, small community groups, and large charities as well. And we've um, come together um, and, and we shared the problem. And I have to say, we could not have achieved what we have done without... The, the, the full support um, and partnership with those colleagues. I'll give you an example. So Bournemouth Council, so BCP Council rather, um, have this tremendous support for members of the community, which I'd, I'd like to chat a bit more about because it really does make Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul such a special place to live, to have these wonderful people um, around us. Um, but Community Action Network um, put the plea out because, of course, they run the volunteer centre, you see. They, they're brokering volunteers um, and helping match them with placements all the time. So this is their bread and butter, their expertise. And, and they launched with us um, uh, a campaign to recruit volunteers, and they set up... You would not believe how many spreadsheets are behind this project, by the way, Blair. It's extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> Solving a crisis, yeah. one spreadsheet at a time. Mm. So, um, so they put out the plea, um, and they, they processed um, all of the volunteers... What that means is when you sign up to become a Together We Can volunteer, you do so by the CAN 100 website. Um, and they then pull the ones who would like to um, come through to us, um, to us. And as a result, we've recruited over 2,500 people who have stepped forward for many different reasons, saying, these are challenging times. I want to help people who are vulnerable. And I, I tell you, it's, it's been a tremendous experience. It's so humbling. So many people have said, my life is changing. I don't recognize it um, from, from what it was, but I'm thinking about other people and people in need before I'm thinking of myself. When I heard that number, the 2,500, I was completely blown away. You must have been even more blown away. But of course, having 2,500 people to coordinate into a whole manner of different roles. That, of course, in itself is a challenge. But I guess you just revealed how you did that because it wasn't just BCP. Yep, BCP were, were initially, you know, opening up the door to, as you say, the CAM 100 website. But, but you had a multiplicity of, of organisations and the community action network and so on to, to basically work alongside you and pulling it all together. But nevertheless, it must have been a bit of a challenge. It, it certainly was. It certainly was. So from scratch, um, you know, from, from a, a, a standing start, 
Uh, we set up a brand new helpline, which I have to say is still running. So if people want any help or if they're feeling at all insecure around um, their food or medication supply, um, we have that number. And let's give that number out later on, Blair, um, yes. because that's very much still running. So absolutely from scratch, we set up this helpline. And that's everything. That's the scripts for the call handlers. That is the training for the call handlers. That's, um, that's redeploying the call handlers who are our staff. Um, many of them have come from places like libraries, um, trading standards, environmental health. So um, services were, that weren't operating as they usually do, um, many of their staff came over to support this helpline. We had, I, I think at one point, we had 200 members of staff um, working on this project. Um, absolutely extraordinary, particularly in those early weeks of high need. Um, and we also had to think about the safeguarding. So, of course, what we're doing is we're supporting vulnerable residents. Um, and let's make sure that that's done really safely and really well so that it's a positive experience for everybody. So that was very, very important to us. Now, that number, which, of course, is 0300. 0300 yeah. rather, uh, 12370052. That, that number, of course, is, is, as you say, open now from 8 in the morning to 8 in the evening. I know that you've had a phenomenal number of calls already into that, 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 that number. Um, do you have a. It's you, been extraordinary. Do you have a running figure? Yeah, so we, we, we recent. I think last week we celebrated our 20,000th call. Um, that's calls coming in and us making calls out. So 20,000 calls to, to local vulnerable residents. And you're absolutely right. That, that uh, helpline is open 8 in the morning till 8 in the evening, seven days a week. So even, I mean, we're used to sometimes um, services closing down at weekends This is ava- and, and bank holidays. This is available every single day of the week, 8 in the morning till 8 in the evening. There's always somebody there to answer your call um, and, and help you through if, if you're feeling um, worried. And Martha, Certainly. You've, you've, you've got the 2,500 volunteers. Is there still a call, still a need for more people to come forward? Do you know, that is, that is the $20,000 question. It really is. So um, you're right. We, we have all these volunteers. And I have to say, so far, we haven't, we haven't had call to use them all yet. Um, so, so far, we have matched volunteers with um, 1,250, 1,250 um, vulnerable households. So you can see we have a lot of volunteers um, who haven't yet um, been called. And I have to say, that's been quite frustrating to a lot of those volunteers who have so kindly stepped forward and said, we really, really want to help, but you're not, you're not calling us. Um, and, and they're absolutely right. And, and in, a, in a funny sort of a way, I'm actually a bit grateful for that because that means that the level of need out there in the community isn't um, so high. Um, what would be awful, I, I often think, is if the number of vulnerable residents was twice the number of volunteers, then, then we'd be in a real pickle. So we've had to say to people, just bear with us. Um, we match people according to their postcode or locality because, of course, we want to link people with um, others who live near them. That's partly to keep the mileage down. 
but that's also because um, in many occasions people have formed lasting friendships in this way. So what we're seeing is we're seeing friendships emerge between people who would never normally meet, often of different age groups, different backgrounds, um, and they're bringing, they're bringing some pleasant surprises to each other as, as they get to know each other. Um, now, you ask, do we need any more volunteers? We, we have a bit of a surplus at the moment, but we're also seeing a lot of people going back to work and we're seeing a few people having to drop out because um, they or somebody in their household has tested positive for COVID-19. So we are continuing to recruit um, with the caveat, you know, saying to, to people who very kindly step forward, um, please bear with us. You might not receive a placement straight away, but we, we'd much rather have you on our books than not just in case that the need goes up um, or, or the, the supply of volunteers drops down as people start going back to work. Martha, thank you so much for sharing this morning. You have got so much to share. I can see that what I'm going to have to do is just to set up an entire programme which just focuses on the... Because we haven't even touched on the individual projects and so on that are going on. So if, so if you're up for it, uh, I'll clear some space and we'll, we'll put a programme together just about volunteering and about the projects. Because the other thing, of course, that, that, that no one knows yet, and that's going to be the shape of things to come, you know, when eventually we, we say goodbye uh, to COVID, if we say goodbye to COVID, you know, what the shape of society uh, will be. Um, but, but for now, you want to say a heartfelt thank you to the, the army of folk that have made together we can happen. Absolutely, I do. I, I feel so blessed to be working here in Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul, right at seeing all these wonderful people who have stepped forward, who are giving so much in, time, in, in terms of their time, their patience, their listening, their making extra shopping trips. They are going above and beyond. And, and we cannot thank them enough. When you hear the relief um, in, in a vulnerable person's voice, when they're saying, Thank goodness they're there. What a godsend. If it hadn't been for my volunteer, I don't know what I would have done. And when you hear those stories day in, day out, you, you really do um, just feel so much gratitude um, for, for the kindness of, of people in our local area. So, so thank you so much, everybody. Um, and, 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 and let's carry on sticking together. Let's carry on looking after each other. Um, and that way we will get through come what may. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.